Chapter Seven of The Maid of Skur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. The Maid of Skur by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter Seven. Boat versus Bardi. Glad as I was for the poor child's sake that Black Evan happened to be from home, I had perhaps some reason also to rejoice on my own account. For if anything of any kind could ever be foretold about that most uncertain fellow's conduct, it was that when in his cups he would fight, with cause, if he could find any, otherwise, without it. And in the present case, perhaps, was some little cause for fighting, touching, as he no doubt would think, not only his marital, but manorial rights of plunder. Of course, between Moxie and myself, all was purely harmless, each being thankful to have no more than a pleasant eye for the other. And of course, in really serious ways, I had done no harm to him, that boat never being his, except by downright piracy. Nevertheless, Few men there are who look at things from what I may call a large and open standing place, and Evan might even go so far as to think that I did him a double wrong in taking that which was his, the boat, and leaving that which should have been mine, to wit, the little maiden, as a helpless burden upon his hands, without so much as a change of clothes, and all this after a great day's sport among his rocks, without his permission. Feeling how hopeless it would be to reason these matters out with him, especially as he was sure to be drunk, I was glad enough to say good-night to my new young pet, now fast asleep, and to slip off quietly to sea with my little frigate and its freight, indulging also my natural pride at being, for the first time in my life, a legitimate ship-owner and independent deep-sea fisherman. By this time the tide was turned, of course, and running strong against me as I laid her head for Newton Bay by the light of the full moon, and proud I was, without mistake, to find how fast I could send my little crank barky against the current, having been a fine oarsman in my day, and always stroke of the captain's gig. But as one who was well acquainted with the great dearth of honesty, not in our own parish only, but for many miles around, I could not see my way to the public ownership of this boat without a deal of trouble and vexation. Happening so that I did not buy it, being thoroughly void of money, which was too notorious, especially after two funerals conducted to everybody's satisfaction, big rogues would declare at once, judging me by themselves perhaps, that I had been and stolen it. And likely enough, to the back of this, they would lay me half a dozen murders and a wholesale piracy. Now I have by nature the very strongest affection for truth that can be reconciled with a good man's love of reason. But sometimes it happens so that we must do violence to ourselves for the sake of our fellow creatures. If these, upon occasion offered, are only too sure to turn away and reject the truth with a strong disgust, Surely it is dead against the high and pure duty we owe them, to saddle them with such a heavy and deep responsibility. 
and to take still loftier views of the charity and kindness needful towards our fellow-beings when they hanker for a thing as they do nearly always for a lie and have set their hearts upon it how selfish it must be and inhuman not to let them have it otherwise like a female in a delicate condition to what extent of injury may we not expose them now sailors have a way of telling great facts of imagination in the most straightforward and simple manner being so convinced themselves that they care not a rope's end who besides is convinced and who is not and to make other people believe the way is not to want them to do it only the man must himself believe and be above all reasoning and i was beginning to believe more and more as i went on and the importance of it grew clearer all about that ill-fated ship of which i had been thinking ever since the boat came in twelve years ago as nearly as need be and in the height of summer namely on the third of june seventeen seventy a large ship called the planters velvard bound from surinam to the port of amsterdam had been lost and swallowed up near this very dangerous place three poor children of the planter whose name was j s jackart on their way home to be educated had floated ashore or at least their bodies and are now in newton churchyard the same must have been the fate of bardie but for the accident of that boat and though she was not a dutchman's child so far as one could guess from her wonderful power of english and no sign of dutch build about her she might very well have been in a dutch ship with her father and mother and little brother and susan in the best cabin it was well known among us that dutch vessels lay generally northward of their true course and from the likeness of the soundings often came up the bristol instead of the english channel and that this mistake which the set of the stream would increase generally proved fatal to them in the absence of any lighthouse that some ship or other had been lost was to my mind out of all dispute although the weather had been so lovely but why it must have been a dutch rather than an english ship and why i need so very plainly to have seen the whole of it myself as by this time i began to believe that i had done is almost more than i can tell except that i hoped it might be so as giving me more thorough warrant in the possession of my prize this boat moreover seemed to be of foreign build so far as i could judge of it by moonlight but of that hereafter the wonder is that i could judge of anything at all i think after the long and hard day's work for a man not so young as he used to be and rocks are most confusing things to be among for a length of time and away from one's fellow-creatures and nothing substantial on the stomach they do so darken and jag and quiver and hang over heavily as a man wanders under them with never a man to speak to and then the sands have such a way of shaking and of shivering and changing colour beneath the foot and shining in and out with patterns coming all astray to you when to these contrary vagaries you begin to add the loose unprincipled curve of waves and the up and down of light around you and to and fro of sea breezes and startling noise of sea-fowl and a world of other confusions with roar of the deep confounding them 
it becomes a bitter point to judge a man of what he saw and what he thinks he must have seen it is beneath me to go on with what might seem excuses enough that i felt myself in the right and what more can any man do if you please however perfect he may be therefore i stowed away my boat well earned both by mind and body snugly enough to defy for the present even the sharp eyes of sandy mccraw under newton point where no one ever went but myself some of my fish i put to freshen in a solid mass of bladderweed and some i took home for the morning and a stroke of business after church and if any man in the world deserved a downright piece of good rest that night with weary limbs and soft conscience you will own it was davy llewellyn sunday morning i lay abed with bunny tugging very hard to get me up for breakfast until it was almost eight o'clock and my grandchild in a bitter strait of hunger for the things she smelled after satisfying her and scoring at the jolly sailors three fine bass against my shot what did i do but go to church with all my topmost togs on and that not from respect alone for the parson who was a customer nor even that colonel locker of candleston court might see me and feel inclined to discharge me as an exemplary churchman when next brought up before him these things weighed with me a little it is useless to deny but my main desire was that the parish should see me there and know that i was not abroad on a longshore expedition but was ready to hold up my head on a sunday with the best of them as i always had done at one time while i ate my breakfast i had some idea perhaps that it would be more pious almost and create a stronger belief in me as well as ease my own penitence with more relief of groaning if i were to appear in the chapel of the primitive christians after certain fish were gutted but partly the fear of their singing noise unsuitable to my head that morning after the hollands at skirr house and partly my sense that after all it was but forecastle work there while the church was quarter-deck and most of all the circumstance that no magistrate ever went there led me on the whole to give the preference to the old concern supported so bravely by royalty accordingly to church i went and did a tidy stroke of business both before and after service in the way of lobsters we made a beautiful dinner that day bunny and i and mother jones who was good enough to join us and after slipping down to see how my boat lay for the tide and finding her as right as could be it came into my head that haply it would be a nice attention as well as ease my mind upon some things that were running in it if only i could pluck up spirit to defy the heat of the day and challenge my own weariness by walking over to skirr manor for of course the whole of monday and perhaps of tuesday too and even some part of wednesday with people not too particular must be occupied in selling my great catch of saturday so i resolved to go and see how the little visitor was getting on and to talk with her for though in her weariness and wandering of the night before she did not seem to remember much as was natural at her tender age who could tell what might have come to her memory by this time especially as she was so clever 
and it might be a somewhat awkward thing if the adventures which I felt really must have befallen her should happen to be contradicted by her own remembrance. For all I wanted was the truth, and if her truths contradicted mine, why, mine must be squared off to meet them, for great is truth and shall prevail. I thought it as well to take Bunny with me, for children have a remarkable knack of talking to one another, which they will not use to grown people. Also, the walk across the sands is an excellent thing for young legs, we say, being apt to crack the skin a little, and so enabling them to grow. A strong and hearty child was Bunny, fit to be rated A.B. almost, as behoved a fine sailor's daughter, and as proud as you could wish to see, and never willing to give in. So I promised myself some little sport in watching our Bunny's weariness, as the sand grew deeper, and yet her pride to the last, declaring that I should not carry her. But here I reckoned quite amiss, for the power of the heat was such, being the very hottest day I ever knew out of the tropics, and the great ridge of sand hills shutting us off from any sight of the water, that my little grandchild scarcely plodded a mile ere I had to carry her. And this was such a heavy job among the deep dry mounds of sand, that for a time I repented much of the over-caution which had stopped me from using my beautiful new boat at once, to paddle down with the ebb to Skur, and come home gently afterwards with the flow of the tide towards evening. Nevertheless, as matters proved, it was wiser to risk the broiling. This heat was not of the sun alone, such as we get any summer's day, and such as we had yesterday, but thickened heat from the clouds themselves, shedding it down like a burning glass, and weltering all over us. It was, though I scarcely knew it then, the summing up and crowning period of whole weeks of heat and drought, and indeed of the hottest summer known for at least a generation. And in the hollows of yellow sand, without a breath of air to stir, or a drop of moisture, or a firm place for the foot, but a red and fiery haze to go through, it was all a man could do to keep himself from staggering. Hence it was close upon three o'clock, by the place the sun was in, when Bunny and I came in sight of Skur House, and hoped to find some water there. Beer, of course, I would rather have, but never was there a chance of that within reach of Evan Thomas. And I tried to think this all the better, for half a gallon would not have gone any distance with me, after ploughing so long through sand, with the heavy weight of bunny, upon a day like that. Only I hoped that my dear little grandchild might find something fit for her, and such as to set her up again, for never before had I seen her, high and strong as her spirit was, so overcome by the power and pressure of the air above us. She lay in my arms almost as helpless as little Bardie, three years younger, had lain the night before, and knowing how children will go off without a man's expecting it, I was very uneasy, though aware of her constitution. So in the heat I chirped and whistled, though ready to drop myself almost, and coming in sight of the house, I tried my best to set her up again, finding half of her clothes gone down her back, and a great part of her fat legs somehow sinking into her Sunday shoes. End of chapter 7